0: This week on Aliens Explored, we will be looking into the strange tale of Granger Taylor, a talented engineer who built his own flying saucer and then mysteriously disappeared. Is he now in the company of advanced extraterrestrials, speeding around the Milky Way at the speed of light, or did he just die a sad and lonely death? This episode of Aliens Explored is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Israel. We rely on your support to keep on doing what we do. So check out our Patreon on patreon.com forward slash aliens explored to find a tier that suits you. you. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it?
1: Welcome back listeners to Aliens Explore, your weekly podcast where we look at UFOs, UAPs, Aliens uh, and all things surrounding them, including people who might have built flying sauces themselves.
0: I'm one of your hosts, Stu Jackson. And I'm your other host, Neil Kelly. Hello.
1: (laughs) Hello, Neil. Uh,
0: Um, How are you today?
1: I'm good, thank you. I'm very, very good. The sun is shining. The builders are working on the roof, and the scaffolding's up outside my block of flats, which is a pain in the ass. But aside from that, it's all okay.
0: Good. Well, <laughs> as you can see, I've got my blind half down. There's a blinding white light behind me, uh, which isn't extraterrestrial in origin, and uh, someone's <laughs> someone's intermittently running a power tool nearby, but uh, don't don't seem to be at the moment. Perhaps either a drill or a, a saw <laughs> or something like
1: okay. that. Okay. Okay, well, if we if we do end up hearing it, we'll know this is just a drill. No need to panic, mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll try and edit it out if I can. Well, he but he picks up sure his power saw and says, giving.
0: "This is this is not a drill." <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. It. Was, exactly. In would have given elderly joker a home week. <laughs>
1: now speaking of people using power tools and engineering Mm. works and things like that i mean oh my god that was a lame segue wasn't it but never mind uh it works for me works for me
0: Keep, keep, keep
1: going (laughs) <laughs> well, we are talking today, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about today's subject. This is one I've wanted us to tackle for, for a little while now, to be honest. Um, mm. it, to me, it's one of those subjects that on the surface of it, it looks like it can be very, very easily dismissed, like it's almost a bit silly. Um, but when you scratch away at the surface, there is actually a lot of depth to it. So we are going to be talking okay. about Granger Taylor, the Canadian um, who tried to build his
0: own UFO, his own flying I saucer, think it's, in fact. I think it's rather a sad story. I don't, I don't think he really did try and build a UFO. I mean, he obviously had a, a talent for engineering,
1: um, mm-hmm, he managed, very he, much I, so.
0: although he didn't fit in at school. Um, he left school after the eighth grade, which how old is that? About eight or is that about 12 or 13? I'm I think not eighth grade. Entirely sure. I think. Um. And I think in our yeah, currency that that would be about the second year of secondary school. I know at fourteen
1: he became an apprentice um, hmm. to uh, an automotive, like mechanic. Um, yeah. But yeah. So fourteen. Yeah, I, th- I think fourteen sounds about right. Um, yeah. Very that... socially awkward, but a genius when it came to engineering and um, now mechanical. This
0: this was. This was the late nineteen. Well, oh, this was the nineteen seventies, wasn't it? I think these days, someone like that would probably have some sort of diagnosis as being on the spectrum. Someone who's you know, a kid who spends his time in his room taking his toys apart to work out how they work, um, but not 1960s really interacting. Even sixties, even yeah, um, but yeah. not really being able to interact with other people. And despite being a big bloke, um, physically large, being being horribly bullied because that's what kids do don't they when someone can't fit in can't can't make that leap and so yeah. so often people with that sort of talent for engineering mathematics science are victim to that from the cool kids yeah the yes. cool kids who are going to leave leave school to work in a paint shop or a supermarket but you yeah. know while they're at school and-
1: and yeah, and definitely the withdrawn, socially awkward. I absolutely, I mean, obviously we're not experts in in diagnosing people on any kind of spectrum, no. but it, it, it jumped out at me
0: sort of reading
1: his story and delving into yeah. it. Yeah, I'd be I, I very wouldn't presume surprised
0: to, if he's not. I, I wouldn't presume to diagnose him, but I, I would speculate if I met some, Well, I I mean, this sounds like, um, it's almost a cliche, this guy, the big guy who, who can't, can't interact with people, but he's very good at making things and fixing things. Yeah, I, I would have to wonder. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I was really ask, Yeah, is, is this guy? Yeah, worthy of a, a diagnosis. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, he built a, he rebuilt a World War II fighter plane, didn't he? A Kitty Hawk.
1: Um, he did in the nineteen seventies. Uh, he gets his license. Well, he didn't build it. I think he he um, basically renovated it. Uh, but I'll take what he mm. did build and, and again, age fourteen. Age
0: fourteen. Yeah. He built a car. He a one cylinder thumper. car. It looks like something from it looks like something from the nineteen tens, isn't it? A thumper, yeah, <laughs> single single <laughs> cylinder.
1: Yeah, Ford Model T style. Yeah. Um a Thumper, yeah, they call the old single cylinders. I had a single cylinder mm. motorbike for a while. Um at one point. And yeah, oh well, a I did all that because work. you can
0: feel it under your seat. <laughs> yeah, when it's when it's a, a large engine, four-stroke engine. When it when it's a little two-stroke engine, one two five, or you know, it doesn't so much thump as as whine like a wasp. I think mine was
1: about a two. Uh, but yeah, so he built this thumper. Oh, no, four hundred cc. Yeah, he
0: yeah. Um, age fourteen. He, yeah, he restored a. a was it the bulldozer that um, oh,
1: the, the experts had written off as like, oh, this is completely unsalvageable? Yes, yeah, So he gets um, it and he
0: restores it. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I, I once had a car that um, it's quite an old car, and it blew its cylinder head gasket, and was told it's not salvageable because the the value of the car doesn't warrant the kind of expense for replacing the head gasket and all the all the cylinders that have been all the rods and 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 cylinders have been wrecked um so but the next thing I knew a few months after I, I sold it for scrap I I got a, a um a, a fine through the post for, for some <laughs> driving violation and was able to prove that I no longer owned the car that I'd sold it for scrap yeah you know, someone someone had got it going again and and I think you know when someone says something's not salvageable it's to do with the cost of repairing it with brand new parts rather than, you know, someone who's got plenty of time and access to a scrap heap who could get, get it going again. So yeah, I'm not that's saying he's, fair enough. he's clever. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to do the guy down because he was obviously very clever, very, very talented when it came to engineering. Well, I mean, especially dealing with the the hydraulics involved uh,
1: with with bulldozers and things like that, you know, that's not an easy Task at all. Um, he did the same with the train.
0: Yeah, restored uh, an old steam train, old steam train rotting in the in the in the rainforest, and was able to with a tree growing through its ch- chassis, but was <laughs> yeah. able to get it out and <laughs> and get it going again. So yeah, obviously into that into that kind of thing. I mean, I, I've, got, said, you know, I've got a cousin. I've got a cousin who's. Well, whose husband is really into steam trains. He goes to take dregs along to all these steam fairs and then whenever I meet him, usually at a funeral these days, um he'll tell me about some some traction engine or steam engine <laughs> that he's seen. I mean it is it is fascinating, isn't it, when you can see a machine and you can actually see it working. Oh, absolutely. Um, well I, I, I think love, that's
1: you get those old fairs, uh, steam fairs, steam
0: rallies, I yeah. think they call them. Oh yeah, that's what UK. he goes to steam rallies, steam fairs, mm. yeah.
1: Yeah, seeing those those steam engines and like getting working models of them, and yeah, I yeah I love that whole thing. Um, absolutely. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he's turned his hand to a variety of different, and like you say, you know, an airplane of, of Kitty Hawk, as you say, um, it, it built that or rebuilt that. Um, it
0: See, sold I mean, it that's, again, for like twenty thousand that... dollars. That, that's highly specialised. I mean, aircraft are very, very highly regulated, aren't they? You can't just mm. knock something up and get it to fly and, and expect to be allowed to fly absolutely. Yeah, it. Absolutely. Well, to he got done, his pilot's yeah,
1: licence. Yeah. So he knew how but to fly go. it himself. Um, yeah, absolutely uh, incredible. And he gets bitten by the UFO bug. So what, what happens in his local area? This is Vancouver Island uh, we're talking about here. Um, in 1969, uh, his it's I think it was a local hospital in particular gets buzzed by a UFO. Uh, hmm. There's there's four separate nurses who see it. A couple of them even see a couple of humanoid figures. Like as it's it's hovering outside the window of this hospital. Office? I mean, is the, the, the description is like
0: really like a cartoon flying saucer, isn't it? It's the sort of uh, like two it plates really together is. with a, with a glass dome on top, and the two aliens stood in there looking Absolutely. at the um But you know, you
1: don't <laughs> so think, well, where does the really... cartoon image come from? Yeah, in the first place, you know. So there's there's that. Um, but loads of other reports of, of UFO sightings sort of come out uh, around the time. And, and the whole area gets sort of bitten by the UFO bug, uh, mm. as it were. Um, and we presume Granger does as well because he decides he's going to, where where many, many scientists and engineers have failed with the, the concept of a flying saucer with this rotating sort of single turbine that allows it to move and fly about all over the place. Uh, it decides he's going to solve
0: that mystery. Um, Does he though? Is, is that what? Because what I've seen about his flying saucer is that it was nothing of the kind. I mean his previous his previous attempts at engineering or his successful attempts restoring a World War II fighter plane, getting a steam train running again. He actually laid tracks, didn't he? And kids would visit his his farm. They, they'd ride on the train. Um, but this flying saucer wasn't anything like that. It was basically, he went to the scrapyard yeah. and he got, it, it was was it two sort of satellite dishes? Yes. yes. With, a, with a sort it of did. cylinder of, of metal in between. And, and and the thing would sit on stilts and he'd go and yeah. sit there, and He had a couch, a TV and a wood-burning stove. I mean, this isn't something, he would go in there and chill out. And right. and allegedly drop a lot of LSD <laughs> and and spend a lot of money, <laughs> a... but it, there doesn't seem to be any attempt to build a flying craft. Right. So there's a lot of
1: misconception around this, um, and he sets out with the intention. He, he and he publicly declares, like to to friends and family, that he is going to resolve to build a flying saucer. And he builds this thing exactly as you describe it. The only thing you missed out was the porthole on the side and the lightning flash. Oh, the, lightning, the lightning flash <laughs> side, on, it? yeah. On the red painted sort of symbol on the side. Um, yeah. What he actually built there, what you're describing, was basically a place where he could study UFOs.
0: Hmm. It, it's but a that study. Was his flying. Yeah, but that was his flying saucer, wasn't it, is it? A, just a replica from ever claimed huh. that that particular
1: thing that you've described was ever going to take off and fly. He
0: built it that way, Sorry, basically I, I, for inspiration. I, I thought that was exactly what we were talking about. Saying this was his flying saucer that he built it, and <laughs> and you know, yeah. friends friends went, "Yeah, there's no way this thing is ever going to fly." It's the only the only kind of energy generation it has is a wood burning stove for keeping warm
1: yeah no he he built himself a little place to study ufos hmm. um he always yeah. had the intention of and and it is known as his homemade ufo but hmm. that particular i mean it's like it's like having a garden shed as somewhere to you know sit and study. And in fact, inside that his homemade UFO, he had books and scores and scores of books. He had science fiction books. He had uh, books on ufology and and UFO testimonies mm. and and things like that. Which well, so we're kind of straying back into to the Stars and...
0: Academy stuff. You you've got this mixture <laughs> of science fiction and and engineering books <laughs> in your kind of. Melding the two in your mind. Well, he wanted to use no, that. At least, as a form at least you're not trying of... to get. At least you're not trying to get people to invest in it. But well, there is that yeah. absolutely. There, there, but there he wanted no... to use
1: science fiction as a form of inspiration for for solving this, like this problem mm. of how you would create a UFO or how you would like solve
0: that technology. Mm. Um, and this was was it the late seventies or uh, was it nineteen eighty? Did it or early late? I mean, it was around the time when. There was interest in sci-fi really spiked the time of yeah, this was Star the early Wars 70s. movies yeah yeah absolutely um, well this was this was really the late 70s what well, let Star Wars close Encounters of the third time the first Star Trek movie all around 1970 well between 77 and oh, they 1980.
1: were late 70s um but but sci-fi certainly had a massive resurgence um in the early 70s. Which led to movies Did like it? Star Wars and yeah, oh yeah, um, there's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But yes, um, okay. In terms of popularity amongst the populace, um, Star Trek is. How, I know I keep I keep banging on about Star Trek on this podcast, but what had happened hmm. with Star Trek and and you've got a bit of a cyclical thing happened here. Um, hmm. Star Trek when it first aired. Which was late 60s, it was not popular at all.
0: Well, early 60s, very
1: poorly. Yep, did very poorly. It was Mm. only on syndication later on that it actually Mm. gained a lot of popularity, but by then it had finished. Um, you did mm. have Star Trek, the animated series, which came out in the early 70s as a response to, and it, it, it's almost considered to be the fourth and fifth seasons of, of Star Trek because it only ran for three seasons, the original series. Wasn't, wasn't
0: Lucille Ball behind
1: She was it, behind getting the original series um, commissioned. Absolutely. Original, if commissioned, it weren't yeah. for her, it wouldn't exist at all. Um, hmm. Absolutely, but that's that yeah that's a whole that's a whole podcast, right? <laughs> I
0: mean, I mean, it was it was on it was on television well, when I was a kid, when I was yeah we're talking junior school age, and it didn't particularly grab me. No, I have to say, I'd sort of look at it, but yeah, I, I wouldn't always watch it all the way through. It just didn't you know, as a, as a young kid, it wasn't it wasn't exciting enough that that the um, the aliens were always. Really cheap special effects. It would either be an invisible presence, or it would be something that <laughs> takes over somebody's body and makes them turns them bad, or it would be yeah. uh, it would be someone it would create a mirror, mirror image of someone and use a little bit of trick photography to so Captain Kirk would meet his evil alter ego, yeah. controlled by an alien. Uh, that was basically well, the.
1: Well, no, when it when it initially ran, no, it it had. Really low viewing figures. It was only when it was on repeats, basically, that it really took off um, because it was Mm. shown at better time slots and um, through syndication. But, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But, yes, absolutely, late 60s, early 70s um, is when a lot of people started getting interested in science fiction again. Um, Not that people hadn't been, but, yeah, there was a resurgence
0: I mean, um, that, that wasn't it, re-
1: really represented very much in movies, was it, in that, that no. era? No, movies came later. Movies came later. And, uh, and yeah, Star Wars, it could be seen, was a response to, or the popularity of Star Wars was a response to Star Trek being shown on repeats uh, after mm. it had finished, and then Star Trek The Motion Picture was a direct response to the popularity of Star Wars. So, mm. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a real yeah. back-and-forth Only- thing. I mean, when I first saw Star Wars, I thought it was a one-off. I, I saw it in the cinema, the, the first Star mm-hmm. Wars movie, and the first thing that comes up, well, you, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away, and then episode four. And so what I thought was, oh, when I was a kid, I used to go to Saturday Morning Pictures and watch mm-hmm. these serials, be one episode a week, and it would be Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon or you know, yeah, those were the space-based ones, also things like the Lone Ranger and Captain America whatever. what have you. But um, – yeah. Yeah, I thought, oh, they're they're recreating that. They're they 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 recreating an episode of Buck Rogers, and yeah, and you would never, you would never see every episode. You would never walk in and see episode one. It would always, yeah, you know, you let's go to Saturday morning picture. Oh yeah, it's episode sixteen out of twenty four. I mean, you soon pick yes. up the story. So I thought that's that's where it, and it was just that I didn't expect it to actually go any further. Thought, yeah, we've seen it now. No. But there we go anyway
1: back onto back onto topic we've strayed way way off here yeah um so Granger Taylor back into the world of fact science fact mm. and and ufology yeah, he studies UFO reports and and things like that um in his yeah his homemade UFO w- that was just a study
0: so he hasn't his his, really his UFO, built a shade, UFO shed. His his UFO-shaped man cave, it wasn't any kind of flying vehicle or any attempt to build a flying vehicle, or certainly that wasn't. Maybe he he had another project going on somewhere else, but that wasn't it. Well, the closest he comes to
1: actually building anything UFO-related was he built a radio designed specifically to contact extraterrestrials. Mm. Now, there's no record of him successfully getting a direct response over his radio however what he does start to claim mm. is that extraterrestrials are visiting him in his dreams telepathically yes and he talks about a recurring dream where they they talk to him and and he keeps asking them about their propulsion system and like wanting them to explain it all they'll say to
0: him is that it's something to do with magnetism. Okay, so th- so this guy who spends all his time reading science fiction and and engineering books and and well, sci uh, <laughs> claims sci- 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 sci-fi facts, UFO facts, and uh, strange but true stories and, and fiction, dreams about UFOs. That's that's not really surprising, is it? No, you can certainly see how that would happen. Um, mm. When you read, this... you create images in your head, and when you go to sleep, those images pop up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I and can see I that. can
1: see how that will happen. However, this culminates... I mean, this happens over a period of years. Mm. We're, we're not talking like months, but this is years. Um, and it culminates... In October of 1980, when he says, again, to very close friends, um, he doesn't sort of share this wide public mm. knowledge, uh, but he claims that these extraterrestrials have invited have invited him to take a journey with them
0: mm. uh, on a spaceship. On, he, on a 42-month journey through, around the Milky Way.
1: Yeah. Uh, he says that uh, they're only going to arrive on a particularly stormy night because that'll obscure their spacecraft, and, uh, and when it, it and comes to picking there's up. there's less
0: chance of people being out and about and seeing it, uh, or or being or being able to say, "Well, I was there and I never saw anything."
1: Yeah, on or, the other hand, um, you know, being obscured by cloud cover and and what have you, Mm. obscured by the weather. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, And indeed, on the 29th of November, so about a month later, Mm. uh, 29th of November 1980,
0: um, he and his truck vanish. See, this would have been a better story if he and his UFO had vanished, <laughs> but it is <was, laughs> that, that would have been more compelling but he and his truck vanished um I mean seen again uh, he he was drinking in a bar it was a stormy night um a waitress noticed that he wasn't particularly well dressed for that weather but obviously he had his truck with him so he didn't have a few Well he didn't
1: have a coat. And drunk
0: He didn't have a coat but he had a truck
1: uh, and just to correct it wasn't a bar i don't think i think it was like a burger joint okay so it, it okay. went for a meal like a diner, I think.
0: Okay. And then he disappeared. But, um, yeah. Carrying, yeah, he was um, in... driving his truck, um, he wasn't seen for a long time. He drove off into the night. Um, He'd left a note um, yes. saying something Let's like... Let's talk about the note.
1: Oh, I can, I can read it word for word.
0: Read it word for oh, word because it's not very long, is it?
1: Dear mother and father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship... As recurring dreams assured, a forty-two month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. I am leaving behind all my possessions to you, as I will no longer will require the. And that's his error. Will no longer will require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. Uh, and indeed he leaves a will behind. He has changed the word deceased to departed throughout mm. the will. Um Yeah. He leaves behind
0: a note and nobody ever sees him again. Until six years later, um some people working in the forests. I mean, we're talking you know, this is this is the great American Northwest or Vancouver Island. Yep. Very, very large area, forested. Yep. They find a blast crater with look like the remains of a truck, and they find some human remains as well, a couple of slivers of bone. Now, it was known that uh, Granger Taylor did use dynamite for blasting tree roots, mm-hmm. um, and it it looks like that what happened was he drove out into these distant woods and either blew himself up or well blew himself up either deliberately. Or accidentally, I mean, it's speculated that yeah, maybe it was an accident. Maybe, well, otherwise, well, if it was an accident, what, what was all the dynamite for? Then I mean, maybe he was gonna. It's been speculated okay. that a bit like the um, the Heaven's Gate cult that in order to <laughs> he was telling, in order to board the spaceship, he has to leave his earthly body. So why not just blow it to bits? I mean, Heaven's um, Gate
1: wasn't until um, ninety seven. So yeah. But, or, but or was in it that kind of
0: style, that, that idea that yeah. to board the spaceship you have to leave your earthly body and become a less, uh, become a more ephemeral form. Except um,
1: everyone who knew him, who was close to him, said absolutely he was not suicidal. He was not that way inclined at all. And they absolutely refute that. But, but there's, there's a hell of a lot of speculation in what you say. First of all, the speculation that he had any dynamite with him whatsoever. It's speculation... It was, it was, well, it was
0: well known that he used dynamite for blasting tree roots. Yeah, And they, obviously they can tell that the blast was caused by dynamite. Can they? Because that's been yeah. speculated.
1: That's not been that, proven. It does but- leave chemical traces. Okay, uh, I always thought that was speculation. But whether
0: they'd still be the, whether they'd still be there six years later, I don't know. But you know, it was known that he he made regular use. He had he had dynamite.
1: That he had access to yeah. it, but then a lot yeah. of people will have had access to it around there. I hmm. would say um, yeah. it's speculation that um, this crater and this this remnants of truck were his truck. There, there's no evidence of that.
0: They they found the DNA of a a truck.
1: They found a couple of bone fragments Mm. that that were human bone, but at the time they didn't have access. uh, I mean, DNA um, was a thing back in Mm. 1986, but certainly Vancouver police they they didn't have access to um, ways of telling. If it was actually his bone fragment or not, so this is so. F- for a start, this crater, this truck, and these bone fragments—it's pure
0: speculation that it's him at all. It's speculation, but you know he's the he's the guy who drove off in his Datsun truck, and can could they even tell it was a Datsun truck? Was it so completely blasted to bits that they couldn't even tell what make and model it was anymore? Um, certainly, a human body that was blown into bits. There'd be nothing left of that after six years because the local the local fauna would have taken care of it, wouldn't it? They're, they're probably bears, wolves, raptors, crows, foxes, feral cats and dogs. You know that would have you know, devoured him, devoured the whatever was left. You'd certainly think so. Um, but yeah, and, and it's carried not... it off to yeah, it's carried it off into their dens.
1: He he's not the only person to have ever gone missing. No. In in a vehicle, so th- that that to me, I mean, we talk about like usually it's okay. on the other end of the thing that I'm the one like speculating wildly that you know, oh well, it's hmm. the government involved or whatever. I'm going to say it's the other way around. I would say jumping to the conclusion that it's him and his truck. Well, yeah, you know, we're, we're talking speculation. about speculation.
0: I mean, he had friends. I don't know how close those friends were. He he was obviously someone socially awkward. I can imagine that he was unhappy, and even though he didn't talk about suicide or even act in a self harming way, a, you know, an obviously self harming way. I imagine it was someone who could be persuaded to leave his earthly body and think, you well, know, yeah, and be be and and think, well, what am I really? What have I got to lose? Then why you know?
1: why would he say
0: about returning in his note? Um speculation, again, to save his parents grieving, um, he would rather just have a mystery, although probably not understanding that that kind of mystery can be more painful than than actually having the closure of a dead body. Um, I, I doubt if he'd have understood that, given the kind of person that he was. Mm. And, um, yeah, yeah. And I think he thought, well, yeah, just give them hope, you know, that, that um, in a few years' time I'll be back. Although, if he's going on a forty-two month voyage, at pro- presumably at light speeds in a in a UFO, as we know from science, from science, <laughs> time well, dilates I, as you approach Einstein's the speed of light. Special theory of relative, sorry,
1: general theory of relativity. Absolutely, yeah. The closer so you get to if you
0: if, if you if you were traveling, if you left Earth. In 1980, and travelled at light speeds, and you experienced 42 months travelling around the universe at light speeds, you wouldn't be back yet. You would return to Earth. I don't know a century in the future. I don't don't, I don't know what the sort of scale is. Um, no. a, a, a month, an hour, or something like that. It, it's it would. Yeah, you know, he would come back into a dispute if that's what he really had gone and done. I just think the answer is more mundane and, and sad. I think he was a sad, lonely guy who got this idea in his head. And that's another thing about this kind of guy. They, they can get an idea in their head and it's very difficult to shift it. I'm, I mean, I don't, I'm not making a clinical diagnosis here, but it is, it is known that people on, on the spectrum, it's very difficult to disavow them of a bad idea or even a good idea. Okay, they get it into um, their heads, and there is no shift in it.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, certainly, there are there are those within his family and his close circle who, um, who did believe it uh, of it. Certainly, his mother she went to his went to her grave, absolutely convinced that he was. Up there, but then that's his mother. I can understand Hmm. the emotional context of why. Well, then maybe he did get it
0: right. Maybe in in that he did judge it right that I'm going to kill myself, but in a way that my mum won't believe that I'm dead. She'll 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 cling to the hope that I'm alive for the rest of her life. Maybe. Another another thing I've got to say about the stormy night. um, Yes, it would mean that there are few people, fewer people, about to either see a UFO if there really was one, or to. Um, debunk the stories and say no I was out there I was at that spot and nothing of the kind appeared on a clear night or certainly I didn't see anything um, but also certainly if it's a thunderstorm and you're going to blow yourself up with dynamite um, as long as you're far enough away from anyone that they don't feel the, the supersonic shockwave from the explosion they're just going to think it's a, a thunderclap Possibly. That's another, yeah. Possibly. Um, yeah. I, I think you, you've kind of given that I'm, I don't accept that he stepped aboard a spaceship and he's travelling <laughs> through the, the Milky Way as we speak. I don't buy into that's that. Your,
1: that's your stance on it.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> that's my stance on it. I'm... Uh, I think so. it's <sighs> a intrigued
1: by the story I can see I can I can certainly see the possibility of what you're saying here um Hmm. but I'm also I don't know I I find ah, there's just something about that maybe maybe it's the whole wanting to believe thing you know the Hmm. um the, the 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 drive for that um but certainly there are I don't know, aspects to his story that, that I find peculiar. Um,
0: I mean, I'm I'm perfectly prepared to accept that I have the same need to not believe. It's essential to my, <laughs> yeah. my Weltanschauung, um, if you like, my worldview that, uh, yeah, this doesn't happen. This kind of thing doesn't happen in my world.
1: It's an interesting story. It'd be nice to get an answer one way or another um mm. definitely yeah what do you think though listeners um is the story of granger taylor one as as neil said a, a sad story of a uh a lonely guy who who met a an unfortunate end or is it One, is Granger Taylor going to pop up one day and say, well, hang on, why has all this changed? It's only been 42 Mm. months. Oh, wait, no, it hasn't. It's been 42 years. Um, Mm. 43 years now. Um, You know, what, 420 years? Yeah, 420 years. Is he he going to pop in at some point? point do we think and wonder why everything has changed Um, do let us know what you think, we love hearing what people think you can contact us through Facebook and Twitter and YouTube by searching Aliens Explored, you can email us aliensexplored at gmail.com or if you are one of our Patreon subscribers then you get exclusive access to our Discord channel where you can discuss this and any other of our episodes with like-minded people and people who will respectfully disagree with you as well uh so yeah Uh, (laughs) worth doing for that alone i think um join us next time though when we will be revisiting one of our earliest episodes episode 13 i think it was uh lucky for some we we discussed skinwalker ranch Well, we'll be uh, going back and looking at the man who owns it all, Robert Bigelow. And we'll be talking about his connection with ufology and uh, what he's brought to the table, what he perhaps doesn't bring to the table, and all that good stuff. So uh, don't miss that one. In the meantime, keep watching people in strange UFO shaped studies and of course and, and trucks packed with
0: dynamite as well <laughs> Stay Oh well yeah, definitely. Clear. watch out for mm. that that's the <laughs> that's the thing to watch for
1: definitely yeah in <laughs> the <laughs> meantime take care of yourselves
0: bye for now okay catch you next time bye bye Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on AliensExplored.com.